This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A's Cast, streaming on iHeartRadio and broadcasting locally on Bloomberg 960, KNEW Oakland and KOSF 103.7 FM HD2 San Francisco. 0-2, curveball swing and a miss. And the A's survive in Kansas City. A Saturday afternoon marathon of nearly four hours, and the A's prevail. It's now time for the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome into the A's Clubhouse Show. Another victorious night on the A's Clubhouse Show. Joe Hughes in for Chris Townsend tonight as the A's get the 2-1 to win over the Mariners. And first time this month, the A's have won back-to-back games. That means they're going to have a chance to go for a sweep against a potential playoff team in the Mariners tomorrow afternoon. And Ken Korak, who called a lot of the action, joining us now on the A's Clubhouse Show. And Ken, a lot of the talk heading into this stretch was about the starting pitching the A's were going to have to face. And guys like Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, and, you know, the Mets trio of uh, of trouble that they're going to have this weekend. But at least in the first two games so far, the A's starting pitching has been more than up to the challenge. And last night, J.P. Sears, and tonight, James Caprillion looked so strong. I mean, first time this guy has gone seven innings this season and first time since uh, 2021 where he's gone seven innings. So great to see James Caprillion finally break through, get to that stretch, get through the seventh inning. Well, that's the best way to combat the other team's great pitching, right, Joe? You have great yeah. pitching yourself. And so the Mariners have had five hits and one earned run in the two games. But, and you're right, Caprillion was great. He allows just a couple of hits. And Robbie Ray was good for the Mariners. But the A's, once the Mariners went to the bullpen, the A's were able to, to score those two runs in the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, and it was nice for James Caprillion, not just because we know that this is a guy who has wanted to work deeper. And, you know, every time you hear him talk, you hear about his mentality and the way that he he. He wants to be this guy that's going to be able to be a guy the A's can rely on, but it's really been a struggle for him at the Coliseum specifically. He's been better on the road than he has been at home. He was 0-5 with a 5.87 ERA in his previous 10 starts at the Coliseum. So, you know, you're looking for progress from some of these guys, and James Caprillion is a guy who's dealt with some injuries over the last few years. He is a young guy trying to kind of still carve out his identity at least at this level and you know this is a, a step in the right direction going six innings in Houston in his last start and then finally breaking through and getting through that seven inning barrier did tonight that was that was a nice thing to see for James Capillian especially is, here at home know, I think right Joe and maybe the fact that he spent a little over two weeks out of the rotation helped he went down to the bullpen for a couple of days actually warmed up in one of the games and that might have been a reset for him uh, he's maintained his velocity in the last two games. And even though Puck was up and throwing in the sixth inning and Rodriguez had the base hit to center, he got France on the line drive to center to finish off the sixth. And I'm sure he was thrilled. And you know he wanted to come out and, and pitch in the seventh, uh, Joe. And he validated Marcasse's decision by 
Uh, retiring the Mariners one, two, three, and that's seventh to finish his outing. Well, I'm glad you brought up Marcotte because when the manager makes a decision and it works out, they look like a genius. And in the seventh inning, Marcotte made some moves. That's where he went to his bench. He brought in Bia, uh, he brought in Machine for the pinch hit, and that works out. And when you go to your bench and the guy comes up right away and brings in that run, it makes you look really smart as a manager. And I know Marcotte has done a lot of good things this year. They don't always work out, but I like that you're seeing him stay aggressive, stay engaged in all of these games, and not just, you know, running guys through the motion because it doesn't matter. Not that that's Mark Kotze's personality by any stretch, but, you know, it was a nice move to see because all of these things wound up coming together late in the game for the A's. The machine double was obviously huge, and Tony Kemp once again coming up with the big hit, and big for Tony Kemp again, not just the hit he got to, you know, get the extra run the A's would need, in the next inning, the top of the eighth, that defensive gem that he came and tracing that ball down in the outfield, going out there for the slide, because that kept a runner off the base before a solo home, what wound up being a solo homer. And, you know, it gives the A's the lead going in because of things that, you know, first Marcante does and then Tony Kemp following that up. Yeah, and Kemp's been great on both sides of the ball. Uh, Joe, it doesn't matter if you play him in left field or second base now. Yeah, that was the play on Hanniger's ball in right that you mentioned in the eighth inning. And uh, VMI Machine coming up off the bench. He is going to match up there with the righty on the mound. And Machine is going to pinch hit. And Machine's a really good late game. He's kind of a National League type player in a way, although they don't have that anymore because <laughs> they have the DH over there. But he can pinch hit. He gives you good at bat. Sees a lot of pitches. He can work a walk off the bench. When you pinch hit machine for someone, you know that machine can play every position on the infield. So he's a valuable guy, I think, late in a ball game coming off the bench. And one last guy who was very valuable before I let you get out of here is Jordan Diaz tonight. He had been one for six since being called up, two for two with a walk and a run scored tonight. And, you know, we'd heard about this guy and that he could hit. That was kind of the, the book that you had heard about him. You, you give some guy uh, a little bit of leeway when they come up and they're trying to, you know, figure it all out and everything. But tonight, two for two with a walk and a run scored against some uh, some tough Mariners pitching. It was very encouraging to see from Diaz as he was working in the DH spot tonight. The hits were off Robbie Ray, so that's something he can hang his hat on. And I was especially impressed with his first hit, Joe, which, which he got leading off in the second, going down the right field line, going the other way and saying inside the ball, as they say level swing didn't pull off i mean i i like the stroke it's kind of crisp the path is good right to the ball so you know there's a reason that he hit over 340 during his time in triple a this year well ken we are going to get a chance for a sweep tomorrow which is been a rare 30 in this kind of season so it's going to be fun because you know even as tough as this season has been when you have these division games, these teams that you do see all the time, you like to beat them. You know, there's there's stretches where the A's are good or the Mariners are good. It goes back and forth. And for a while, the Mariners had kind of been a tormentor for the A's. And so having a chance, I don't know if it's necessarily a spoiler role that the A's are embracing here, but having a chance to, you know, sweep a division rival at home, heading into that homestand against the Mets, that would be a really good feeling for, for the A's fans and for this A's team. Should be nice weather tomorrow. Joe, you have two young pitchers, rookies, and Martinez against Kirby. George Kirby for the Mariners has been tough on the A's this year. So, yeah, you're right. It should be a great day of baseball out here. All right. Well, Ken, go get that rest. as The quick turnaround, sleep fast, as uh, I believe you like to say, right? We'll try to do that. Thank you, Joe.
All right, Kent Korak, who is on the call as the A's get the nice 2-1 to win coming and beating the Mariners, getting back-to-back wins for the first time this month, and that means they're going to have a chance to go for the sweep against uh, a team that is always fun to beat up on. It's always fun to beat the Mariners. This is a team that the A's have been rivals with on and off for the last, you know, 20-plus years where it seemed like, you know, when the Mariners were really good, the A's were also really good, but Mariners were just getting a few more wins and, you know, a team that has kind of tormented the A's in years past when the A's were a really good team. So Mariners team trying to go for the postseason and the A's trying to spoil that at least just a little bit, having some fun tonight, getting that two to one one. And James Caprillion, one of the big stories for the A's tonight, goes seven innings, two hits, no runs allowed, one walk, struck out six, 92 pitches, 62 strikes. Retired 12 straight Mariners in one stretch. And first time that he goes seven innings this season. First time he goes seven innings since 2021. So a real nice outing from James Caprillion. If you want to light up your phone calls, the number is 833-625-2278. That's 833-625-2278. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Vegas Joe Hughes as the A's get the two to one win over the Mariners. We're going to hear from the player of the game. We'll also hear from a skipper Mark Kotze later in the show. And Chris Townsend will join us as we roll along with A's Clubhouse. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team like sports business is about winning championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win and that's why there's ubo business services specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflows managing documents and providing the best in class office technology make your championship decision with ubo business services Visit them at ubeo.com. That's ubeo.com. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Great news. Our indoor dining is back, along with our beautiful patio dining. Come taste our world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 83 years. The Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek has one of the most dynamic menus, plus a full bar. Pot pies, gourmet burgers, sandwiches, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget, we still do takeout and delivery. For all the information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Here's the one-two pitch. Swung on ground to pass third base. It's a fair ball heading toward the left field corner. Diaz around second. On his way to third. Bush is trying to wave him home. He's around third. No relay. It's going to be late to the plate. A headlong slide. And Diaz is home as they overthrew the first cutoff man. And Frazier tried to save it. He does not. It's a double for Machine. 
off the bench and it is one nothing Oakland. Lead off walk and an RBI pinch double from Machine. The A's take the first lead of the night. This is A's Clubhouse. Welcome back to A's Clubhouse. I'm Joe Hughes in for Chris Townsend. Townie will join us a little later on tonight as he gets done with his TV responsibilities. And I'm sure he's going to be looking forward to talking about James Caprillion because this is really maybe the last time he has to talk about Caprillion's outing. You've heard County talk about it. It's been a big talking point all season about Caprillion not being able to get deeper into games. Well, that was not the case tonight. He was stellar. I mean, seven innings, two hits allowed, six strikeouts, retired 12 straight, and, you know, gets seven innings done, snapping that streak of 34 straight starts without going seven innings. And as I talked about with Ken Korak there, it was nice to see him do it at home. Caprillion's success has mostly been on the road and he had really struggled here at the Coliseum. This is the first time that he earns a win at home since beating the Giants in August of last year. So nice to see James Caprillion get a win at home, pitch well at home, because this is a guy that when you hear him talk, and we should hear from him later on tonight, he says all the right things. He's got a great mentality, and part of that you know, coming through the Yankees system is he knows that if you're going to be a Yankee, they're expectation is that you're going to pitch deep into October. You're going to be part of playoff runs. And he kind of adopted that mentality, brought that to Oakland. And he's very competitive when he's out there on the mound. And we've seen that he struggled a little bit at times. He's had some injury history and hasn't really been able to keep his velocity up at times. And that's kind of been the knock against him early on in games. He's really crisp. And then teams usually tend to get to him their second time through the order, but kind of strangely enough, he's pretty good when he gets a little, uh, longer into games and gets a chance to get settled in but hasn't always had that opportunity but tonight definitely earned that seven innings two hits zero earned runs one walk six k's as the game was really kind of cruising along and the way that the a's have gotten pitching from jp sears in the bullpen last night and then caprillion tonight we've seen some really crisp games and as we were talking about with ken korak there all the talk leading up to this is about the Mariners starting pitching and the Mets starting pitching. How about the A's starting pitching, which really hasn't been much of a story for the team this season, especially as of late, but at least in these first two games, that has not been the case. JP Sears and James Caprillion more than up to the task about matching up against some stellar pitchers. Luis Castillo, one of the best pitchers in baseball and Robbie Ray, obviously the reigning Cy Young award winner in the American league. So Getting wins against those guys is uh, no fall, no small feat for the A's, and let alone these young pitchers. And I know James Caprillion has been around a little while longer, but he is certainly still one of these young pitchers for the Oakland A's. And real nice night for a couple of the A's. Jordan Diaz, as we were talking about, this is a guy that you know the book on him is this guy can hit, and that's what the A's were looking for, giving him an opportunity, wanting to see you know if those numbers that we've seen those eye-popping numbers in the minor leagues were going to translate and you know got off to a one for six start but you don't really think too much about that for a guy that's coming up here and cutting his teeth at the big league level but tonight two for two scored a run had a walk and that walk was big as you heard us come in from that segment there that was the double for machine that got the a's on the board but it was jordan diaz working the free pass to lead the things off and then you know Jesse Winker out there giving the A's a little help with his defense is he really had some trouble kind of corralling that ball as it got around into the corner and then finally able to fish it out but overthrew his cutoff man allowing 
Jordan Diaz to keep just chugging along, and he scored from first there, getting the A's to that one-run lead, which the way this game had been going, that one-run lead felt pretty big, and then the A's were able to do some things. Mark Kotze kept Christian Pache in the game. That means he had his best defense on the field with the A's having a lead. Pache came through actually singling to get Machine over to third. He would then uh, come in to score on that Tony Kemp hit, and that two runs was big for the A's. It would prove to be critical in the top of the eighth inning there, and Tony Kemp had already done his part in the bottom in the previous half of the game when he got that big hit, but his glove work, we have this kind of joke, my brother and I, that every time Tony Kemp leaves his feet, something good happens. And I'm going to count that when he slid tonight. Had to go running to that ball over in right field and go into a slide to take a hit away from Hanniger. And, you know, that was big for the A's because that kept the runner off the base. And the next hitter came in, and that was a solo homer instead of a two-run homer because of Tony Kemp's defense, keeping the A's out in front and kind of helping uh, this bullpen. But it was a nice night for James Caprillion because – it does something we've been talking about. We've been talking about it with Townie here on the post-game show. The A's need to get some innings out of their starting pitching. They've been working so hard with that bullpen, putting so many innings on that bullpen, which is already taxed. It's been leaking oil a little bit, and some of these guys the A's have been counting on have been injured. So you've got a lot of guys taking on a lot of innings for the Oakland A's. So great to see James Caprillion give the A's some depth and allow some of those guys to get a rest tonight. They did use A.J. Puck and Acevedo in back-to-back games. And for the day game tomorrow, it'll be interesting to see if the A's do go for the sweep, who they're going to use in the back end of that bullpen and try and nail down, hopefully, a sweep here in the month of September, which also keeps things alive for the A's trying to avoid that 100-loss season. I know Townie's not worried too much about that because, you know, what does it matter if you lose 99 or 100 losses? At least to me, I think it matters a little bit. I think a hundred loss season is something they obviously want to avoid, but I think it's one of those things you, you don't want to have that on your record. It's easier to recall like a 100 loss season, at least to me than it is say, you know, a 99 loss season. So I'd still like to see the A's try and avoid that 100 loss season. And I know they've got a lot of work to do to get around that. They've also got a tough Mets team coming in for this weekend homestand. So not going to be easy for the A's to avoid that 100 loss season, but it will be uh, something I think is worth it in the long run because if the team loses 95 games, 97 games, you know, you know what kind of season it is because we know what the A's MO is. They're rebuilding this team competitive again. They kept that competitive window open for four years, and this is the first year of that rebuilding phase. So we're watching to see how those guys develop, and that's why you're really looking at what Jordan Diaz tonight and thinking, hey. Two for two with a walk? Okay, maybe we've got something in here. And that's what you're going to be really watching over the last couple of weeks. So 833-625-2278 is the number. If you want to jump in, you can also hit me up on Twitter as well, at Vegas Joe Hughes, and talk about some of your positives for the A's in this game. James Caprillion is the big highlight for me tonight because he'd been looking forward to this. He'd been trying to get deeper into games. It was something that he wanted, and, Ken brought up a really good point about when Caprillion was out of this rotation. It did give him a chance to get some rest, and maybe we're seeing kind of uh, the benefit of that right now where he's getting to kind of keep his velocity up a little deeper into games and finally breaking through going seven innings tonight, which I know is a goal of his. You know, the A's still don't have a complete game in this season, but 
good to see them get some length out of their starting rotation, at least just for one night, because it's going to be important with the way the A's bullpen is set up to get some innings from these starters. You're going to need that. Not just right now. You want to see if James Caprillion can maybe figure out what it is that's kept him from being able to go deeper into games and see if that can be something that he can build on at the end of the season and maybe carry that into next season and take that next leap. Because you're going to start looking at some of these A's hitters and think, who's a guy that could take a leap? You know, coming into this season, a guy you were looking to see if he was going to take that leap, those were guys like Seth Brown and Sean Murphy to see if they were going to be able to take that next step. And, you know, after some early season struggles, I think Sean Murphy has really shown that he is ready and capable of taking that leap, which is why the A's were so confident having him in the middle of their lineup to start this season. So a lot of good stuff for the Oakland A's tonight as they'll have a chance to go for the sweep tomorrow afternoon, taking on the Mariners again. It'll be Adrian Martinez on the hill for the Oakland A's, but a lot of positive for this team. We talked about Jordan Diaz. We talked about Tony Kemp, who has been, sensational for the A's since the all-star break and he continued that again tonight with not just his bat but also his glove which wound up being very big for the A's as they get the two to one win over the Mariners win back-to-back games for the first time this month so line up your phone calls 833-625-2278 is the phone number if you want to line up those calls on the other side we'll hear from A skipper Mark Kotze about tonight's win and how that could translate going forward. We'll also hear from the player of the game, the man, the myth, the legend, at least tonight. That's James Caprillion caught up with Vince Catronio. We'll bring you that on the other side. A's beat the Mariners 2-1 to one here on A's Clubhouse. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. Hey, A's fans, you know that running your own business is a slugfest every day. That's why businesses have been counting on Mechanics Bank since 1905. From operating lines of credit to equipment and real estate loans, they can help build your lineup to meet today's challenges and prepare for tomorrow's opportunities. Stop by your local branch or visit MechanicsBank.com today. Mechanics Bank, the official East Bay Bank of the Oakland A's. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All loans subject to program eligibility and credit. Approval. Who's feeling pretty good about the car they drive right now? Ask anyone who owns a Honda. I love my Honda CRV. I'd recommend a Honda to anybody. Pricing? I mean, for what you get, it's amazing. According to JD Power, Honda's the number one brand for residual value. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your NorCal Honda dealer today. Based on JD Power US ALG 36 month residual value forecast for 2022 mainstream models. For JD Power 2022 award info, visit jdpower.com/awards. Visit norcalhondadealers.com. If you're looking for a new mattress, Nest Bedding has you covered. Sleep on the same mattress Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson sleeps on. Nest Bedding is a national brand with family-owned prices and service. You can shop at one of their barrier locations, and all stores are sanitized and safe. Or you can navigate their easy-to-use website, nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Green and Gold fans, use the coupon code Oakland, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Nest Bedding, love where you sleep. No score, two outs, nobody on in the seventh for Seattle. A stay in the shift. 
Winker, the upright stance deep in the box. The pitch. Swung on ground to up the middle behind second base. Diving play by Allen. Up to first base. Dug out by Jermis Garcia. And the inning is over. Tremendous defense by two rookies. The shortstop and the first baseman. It's a 1-2-3 inning and seven strong for James Caprillion. We stretch at the Coliseum. A's will see the hard-throwing right-hander coming on in relief. Oakland and Seattle, no score. You're listening to the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome back to the A's Clubhouse Show. Joe Hughes in for Chris Townsend. Townie will actually be with us a little later on in the show as he'll join us uh, once his TV responsibilities are wrapped up. But your phone calls, if you want to line them up, 833-625-2278 is the number as the A's get a nice 2-1 to win, backing up the strong starting pitching from last night with J.P. Sears. And tonight it was James Caprillion snapping that dubious streak of 34 consecutive starts with going six innings or fewer as tonight he finally breaks through that seven-inning barrier for the first time this season and first time since 2021. And I think... You know, importantly for James Caprillion, getting that out of the way is going to be a, a, a sigh of relief for a guy that he knows this stat. He knows he hadn't been going long and deep into games, and you got to have that breakthrough where you're like, okay, that's done with. It's out of the way. I don't have to to worry about that. The clock is reset. Today wasn't 35th start. You know, that's over with. And he did it at home. And I think that that's important because he had really struggled here at the Coliseum over the last two years. And getting his first win at the Coliseum since August of last year when he beat the Giants. That's another sigh of relief for a guy that, I know he's been here for a little while now, but he's still trying to figure it out. Caprillion is a young guy, and I think he's one of those guys that if you're an A's fan, you're looking for him to still kind of settle himself into having more consistency. You know, where he's going to wind up in a rotation, whether that's with the A's or, you know, somewhere else down the line, you know, probably in the middle of that rotation for somebody and middle of back end. But if you got a guy like James Caprillion that looks like he could kind of figure it out and start giving you six and seven innings more consistently than he's giving you five, you know, that really becomes a big bonus. There's a reason that people were so high on this guy in the Yankees system before he had his Tommy John surgery. And, you know, he's had a couple injuries here with the A's that have kind of limited his progress and kept him from being able to make the kind of meaningful starts that, that he's needed, really, for his own development. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, Townie and I did, with A.J. Puck just being healthy this year. Sometimes these guys just need to pitch. You just got to be healthy. You got to be out there and uh, be able to go and answer the call every fifth day or work out of the bullpen and get those innings in because that's where you're going to learn. You're going to get that experience. And there's a reason everyone jokes and says the best ability is availability because that's where you're going to learn and, you know, have these things become casual and become more consistent because you're not going to go out there and think and stress. It's just, you know, going to become a routine at some point. And the A's are hoping that that could happen for James Caprillion. And, you know, you don't want to write too much about it and think, you know, okay, he figured it out and this is where it all takes off from here. But it's got to start somewhere. And going seven innings tonight is a big goal for James Caprillion. He was finally able to break through and do that tonight and give the A's exactly what they needed. Some depth from a starting pitcher. Give that much-used bullpen a break. And, you know, 
Going into tomorrow, the A's will have a chance to go for a sweep because of the fine work of James Caprillion. He's our A's player of the game. He caught up with Vince Catronio and talked about finally breaking through and getting seven-plus innings. A's make it two in a row against the Mariners. A tough 2-1 victory for Oakland. James Caprillion, seven innings, allowing just two hits in the win. James, what has been better these last two starts for you? Uh, I feel like me and Murph are just a battery right now, and Murph's done a great job behind the dish. And... Um, you know, we're mixing up the pitches a little bit better, and I think it's opening up, uh, you know, the breaking ball a little bit better and, and uh, the sinker and the right-on-right change. So just continue to stay aggressive, and uh, we're having good results. James, when you went out to Baltimore and you sat in the bullpen for a couple days not knowing what was going to happen next, as it turns out, Adam goes on the Ayala, creates a spot for you to be back in the rotation. But during that time, how did you use that to try to motivate yourself or just kind of reset or whatever the case might be to, to get you back to being James Caprillion. Yeah, it's not really, a, you know, a sense of motivation. I'm a pretty motivated person as it is, which is uh, which is the easy part for me. So, you know, during that time, I just continued to work and continue to just try and, uh, you know, go through that process of, of continuing to learn and get better and find out and make the adjustments that I need to make. And that's using the resources around me and my teammates. Um, and my teammates have been extremely supportive and helpful. And, and um, you know, I, I want to be a starter. And um, they've all told me they want me to be there too. So it's, an, it's a good feeling when those guys are pulling for you. James, you're a guy that, that uses multiple pitches, but you love the fastball and you work that the slider off of that. Then you add the curve and the changeup as well. That combination right now, it seems like, like you mentioned at the beginning, things are crisper, things, even the misses are really close, but when you want to be in a certain spot uh, in the zone or just out of the zone, it's, it's working for you. How, how has that come together? I think it's just the tempo and the timing and, and the feeling I have on the mound, and I know where my arm is. Um, instead of, you know, or like early on in the year, I was firing a little quick, my hips were flying, my arm wasn't in the right spot. Now I just feel like I've kind of just continued to, you know, get on the mound as much as possible and, and, and feel that slope and feel where my body is and feel where my arm is to be able to continue to repeat and, and make efficient pitches uh, in the zone or, or near the zone. So um, just, you know, ironing out the details. James, the last night Tony said, uh, don't count the days, make the days count here. These final few days, it's certainly been a, a struggling year, but you have an opportunity as a club to, to try to you know, set, set stage for things in the offseason, get ready for spring training next year. What do you make of a veteran making that kind of statement and having that belief system kind of return what he's asking the players to do? He's 100% right. I mean, nobody should be packing bags. We should be excited to continue to come to the field. And, and every single day here is an opportunity. And uh, guys have the opportunity to go out and, and show that we can win together. And uh, that's what we're trying to do here in the future. That's what we're trying to do here today. And um, guys just need to continue to be present, continue to work. And I think we're going to be uh, we're going to be good. Low pitch count. Everybody talks about those numbers about the from the sixth to the seventh inning it's all about performing which you were doing was there any conversation at all was there any concern that maybe you weren't going to get a chance to get out there and continue to do what you're doing tonight in the seventh inning no no conversation just you know just going going about my business and uh you know i want the ball and those guys know that and um you know fortunate fortunate to do my job and and uh, pass the ball to aj and then aj passed to domingo and team gets a win so you can't ask for anything more what was that last play like in the seventh inning nick Allen and dermis garcia really teaming up on a, on a bouncy ball that made yeah. it seven strong that's shutout awesome i mean it's awesome it's 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 awesome to see guys flying around making good plays behind you. So um, Nick's spectacular out there and obviously a great pick by Dermis. And, um, yeah, love to see it. Cap, it's great seeing you doing the things I know you're capable of. I hope you can continue to build on this. Facing a playoff team certainly means something as well. So keep it going here down the stretch. Thanks Thank for the visit. Great. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. James Caprillion joining us. A's victorious tonight by the final of 2-1. More with Vegas Joe, Chris Townsend, and we send it back to A's Clubhouse. 
Well, thank you, Vince. And yeah, it was great to hear what you, what Caprillion had to say as we were talking about. This is a guy that kind of has that at least outward confidence. He talks about wanting to go deeper into games. We really haven't seen him be able to actualize that much this year. And, you know, joining us now, Chris Townsend, jumping in the line. And Townie, I know you've been talking about this all year long, and it's been Something that after tonight, you don't have to talk about it at least for a long time with James Caprillion finally breaking that 34-start snap. It snaps that 34-streak game going, you know, six or fewer innings. Finally able to break through, pitch into the seventh inning. He earned it tonight. The pitch count was low, got the opportunity, and finally gets this monkey off his back. And, you know, I know it's something you've been talking about for a while, and it was nice to see him actually be able to get that done tonight. It's over. It's finally <laughs> over. We don't have to, I don't have to bring it up anywhere on the WebEx hits, on the talk show, on the post game show. Dates back to July 4th, 2021 against the Red Sox. I mean, that's brutal. As a starting pitcher, you're going six innings or left, six innings or less, 34 straight times. And really, a lot of those were five inning starts. That's not who you want to be. That's not what you want to be known as. And, and I and I kept saying it going, listen, this is not this. If he was 23, 24, that would be one thing. He's 28 years old. This is the prime of his career. And to have this kind of streak is not what you want. And unfortunately, because of injury and because of the COVID season, these certain years that were the years for him to learn to be the guy, to be the ace, to have that bravado, to be, you know, everything that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of UCLA when the Yankees took him in the first round. He just never got that opportunity because of Tommy Johns and setbacks. And once again, the COVID season, he's down in San Jose at the alternate site. So here he is, 28 years old, time to make hay. You start the season on the IL. It just, it just hasn't come together, but I got to tell you, I've been watching him work really hard. Something that a lot of people don't get to see that, but you know, well before the fans come in and before most of the media gets there, he's been working with Scott Emerson and a lot of flat ground work, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff with the track, man. He, this, you know, kind of a, a shot across the bow was sending him to the bullpen, even though he never pitched out of the bullpen, but, that, that, that sent a message, and, you know, maybe, just maybe, we'll see. It's one start, but is this the start that kicks it off and gets him going in the right way, finish strong, so you physically and mentally, I think as much as everybody thinks of physically, I think such a big part of finishing strong is it helps you mentally as you train and you look to get better in the offseason. I mean, Everybody can lift. Everybody can, you know, however you you strengthen yourself, your body, your core, your nutrition, all that. But so much is growing as a player is how you grow mentally in the offseason and you get ready for spring training and battle for a job. I think tonight's start and whatever you see left from Kappa is, is a big deal for him because he's worked so hard just to get to this point so he can go seven. You know, it's a good point because when you work that hard, especially like you were talking about, you know, when no one's looking and you're getting out there putting in that extra work, 
you want to see results. You know, nobody wants to go to the gym for months and months and months and look there and see that you're still fat. You know, you want to start seeing that you're starting to trim some inches and, you know, starting to get a little cut and that the weights are getting a little heavier and you're all of a sudden able to lift more and more. You want to start to see some results for the kind of work that James Caprillion is putting in to start seeing those results. As you mentioned, it's got to be a huge lift off this guy you know remember in that 1998 nfc uh wild card game with uh, the niners and packers and steve young finally broke through against brett Favre. there's that famous scene where he says somebody come get this monkey off my back and you know somebody just comes and grabs the imaginary monkey off his back it is a mental part of this and you know nobody knew it more than james caprillion that he wasn't getting deeper into games and that he wanted to do that and you'd see him get frustrated in the in the dugout when he wasn't allowed to go back out there for an extra inning and try and finally break through that. So to get this done has just got to be such a relief. Even if he won't acknowledge it, you know, he'll just say, you know, he's been working for this and he's got that mentality that he feels like he should be doing this, you know, every time he goes out there. It's got to feel really good for James Caprillion to get that, you know, imaginary monkey off his back. Yes, I can't believe I'm saying this as a nine as a non-Niner fan, but that would have been the Super Bowl against the Chargers when Gary Plummer did the imaginary monkey off his back. That would have been the Super Bowl when that mm. happened and uh Steve Young in that time. But you know, all these guys, every Joe, all these guys, it is so important that they finish in a good frame of mind because you can't stress enough. The A's are going to need a bunch of these guys next year. You know, it's no longer where you look and say, okay, who are my five? I might use seven. That's not how it works anymore. You're going to use 10 or more starters. So with like Adrian Martinez, he needs a rebound off that shellacking he got down in Houston. Now, luckily, you're not facing Houston in Houston. You're facing the Mariners who aren't scoring runs, and you're facing them here in Oakland. By the way, you saw Houston go in and just smoke the Rays for three games, and they swept them too. As Houston is absolutely peaking, but all of these, all of these starters, whether young or old, and the older guys, you'll look at Cole, you'll look at Paul Blackburn, you'll look at Cap. I mean, the A's are going to need a bunch of these guys next year. It, you know, with a chance to compete, they're they're all going to pitch for you. There's not going to be just five to seven guys. You're going to use ten or more next season, also. So. You mean you need as many good ones as you as many good ones or as many qualified ones as you can get. Yeah, it's a good start for James Caprillion tonight. Like you said, you don't want to, you know, maybe read too much into it, but maybe just maybe this can be the start of something big for James Caprillion, somebody that the A's would like to see kind of establish himself as more consistently being able to get deeper into games. We're going to talk more about James Caprillion tonight and some of these younger players, but first we're going to step aside for a station ID and give our stations a chance to identify themselves along the Oakland A's radio network. A's cast streaming on iHeartRadio and broadcasting locally on Bloomberg 960, KNEW Oakland and KOSF 103.7 FM HD2 San Francisco. Welcome back to A's cast. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend here talking about the A's 2-1 win over the Mariners as the A's get back-to-back wins for the first time this month and a chance to go for a sweep tomorrow afternoon. 
833-625-2278 is the phone number. If you want to line up your calls, 833-625-2278. I see Jonathan at the Coliseum, Greg in slow lined up there. So we heard from James Caprillian earlier. We'll hear from the A's skipper a little later on in the show. But Townie and I will take your calls as we roll along on A's Clubhouse. Here comes the pitch. Johnson's dialing in with Ring Central. Smart move. Ring Central lets you call, meet, and message all from the same app. Johnson is really stepping up this quarter. She moves to share her screen. And the client loves the presentation. An excellent play by Johnson with the assist from Ring Central. With Ring Central, you can talk to anyone, anytime, all from the same app. Ring Central, simpler communications. Here are some easy tips to get the most out of a time-of-use rate plan. Number one, during peak times, get your dishes loaded and your clothes ready to wash or dry. Then wait until off-peak times to press the start button. Number two, run your AC during off-peak hours, then nudge it up to 78 degrees when peak hours begin. Number three, one of the easiest ways to conserve energy is by turning off appliances, televisions, and lights. To see more easy tips, visit pge.com slash touinfo. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Hey, Ace fans, check out Longport Fish Company, an exciting new chef-driven seafood restaurant located in the Veranda Shopping Center in Concord. Longport features the highest quality lobsters, oysters, king salmon, flavorful chipino, and much, much more. It features a full bar of craft cocktails, local brews, and a curated wine list. Longport Fish Company is for all occasions, too. Date night, business meetings, catching an A's game at the bar, or bringing the whole family. Check us out at longportfc.com, on Yelp, and on all social media. Pinder, it's a deep drive to left. Ruff is going back at the track, turning around at the wall. He'll turn and watch it fly. You're listening to A's Cast. And it's hit high and deep to right. Back is Meadows to the track in the shadows. Looks up and it is gone. A majestic drive from Seth Brown with two outs against Michael Fulmer. And the A's are back ahead 5-3. to three. This is the A's Clubhouse Show. One ball and no strikes. The pitch is swung on line into center. That's a base hit. In to score from third is Machine. Up to second base is Pache. It's 2-0 Oakland. Tony Kemp delivers again. Tony Kemp with RBI number 44. Simple approach back through the middle and just sent it right into center field to double the A's lead to 2-0. Doesn't get much more solid than Tony Kemp. The way that he's been playing since the All-Star break for the Oakland A's has been exactly what this team has needed. Good evening, Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend here on A's Clubhouse talking about the A's 2-1 win over the Mariners. And you heard Tony Kemp, Tony Kemp get it done with the bat there. And Chris, it was big what he did there with that hit, but his defense in the next inning was just as big because it kept that extra runner off the base path before a home run came up and the A's were able to keep the lead. 
They were able to get the lead, extend it, and then keep it because of the way that Tony Kemp has been playing late in games for the Oakland A's. And it's so impressive. I mean, his September, I mean, the numbers, I mean, the numbers for the year are not great. But the numbers right. for September, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, he has been absolutely, I mean, red hot. I mean, going into tonight, he had over 1,000 OPS in the last 17 games. 1,000 with 14 RBIs, 18 runs, and then he knocks in another one tonight. So 15 RBIs in 18 games, 18 runs in 18 games. I mean, he's played at a very high clip this this past uh, 18 games. There's no question about it. You wish he did this for the majority of the season, but he's doing it right now. Yeah, and he's reached base in 19 of his last 20 games after what he did tonight. And, you know, I want to give you a chance to, to highlight a guy that you've been talking about, a guy that you've been excited about over the last few weeks that we've been talking about. Jordan Diaz tonight, you know, a guy that came up and won for six in his first couple at-bats, getting a chance to figure it out at the big league level. And then tonight, two for two with a walk, got those hits against Robbie Ray, the Cy Young Award winner, as he was working in the DH spot and, you know, had that big walk to lead things off for the A's in the seventh inning, eventually coming around to score the first run of the game. And this is a guy, as we've been watching for the last few weeks, you're trying to see, you know, who could be, Somebody to get excited about for the A's going into next season. Maybe who uh, gets a chance to see some big league pitching and, you know, think like, hey, I belong here. I can hit here. This is, you know, me growing. I could hit in single A. I could hit in double A. I can hit in triple A. And I can hit here in the big leagues and take that confidence, build on it this offseason, and carry it into next year. And, you know, you know, just like we talked about with James Caprillion, you don't want to make too much of one game, but a real nice start for uh, Jordan Diaz after that one for six start and then two for two with a walk tonight. Well, the thing with him is he hit in double A. Then they mm-hmm. moved him up to triple A. He hit in triple A. Now they've moved him up to the big leagues. Now he's hit at the big leagues. I mean, all you can do is step up there and produce no matter what level you've been at. And that's why we've asked. Let's see him. He's 22 years old. He's come into his own. Let's see him for a couple weeks. And if he comes up and and really shows you something, you'll give him an opportunity in spring training. If he doesn't, you're going to send him to AAA anyway. What's the harm? Let him see what the big league lifestyle is like. Let him, you know, stay in the nice hotel. Let him ride on the plane. Let him understand what it's like to be in the big city. And so far, so good. 375, A19 OPS. I know it's super early, but this is what I want to see. All he has done is hit this year, know where you've put him. I know from a defensive standpoint, you don't know where to put him. But you got to have him here. Just let him swing it. Let's see. Because, you know, next year you might say, all right, he rakes in spring training. Kid's got to be here. I don't care what his age is. He's got to play. We'll find somewhere to put him defensively. Well, I think the A's found a place to put him defensively tonight. Designated hitter. (laughs) (laughs) But, But here's the thing. And this goes back to when people have told me, oh, you got too many catchers, but that's a good problem to have. Have. You know what? You know what they're. You know the problem they're running into right now is all of their quality young bats are either catchers or we don't know where to put them. So you're now collecting this group of hitters that are basically catchers or DHs. 
and that's a problem. And I've been saying it's a problem. I'm not trying to say I'm extra smart here, but I've been warning people, you know, because you got Susek, who you just drafted, who looks like this guy could swing it. Soderstrom, who can swing it. He's a prodigy. You got Langoliers. You got Murph. You now have Garcia. You now have DS. You got all these guys. They all can't play catcher and DH. You got you got to put these bats somewhere, and that's when it becomes a problem. And what you don't want to do, especially if you have some pitching that can keep you competitive, is play horrible defense around them. That's a great point. I mean, it's something that the A's are going to have to figure out. And I, I think what they're hoping is that it becomes one of those good kind of problems when – you know, if all of these guys wind up being good hitters and you have to figure out how you're going to take them out of your lineup, you know, I think that's one of those good kind of things because more likely than not, all of the guys that we just listed are not going to wind up being, you know, that top tier kind of hitter that we were hoping for that maybe we've seen in the minor leagues. It's just, you know, it's just not the way that it plays out and guys are going to have good stretches, you know. Is, is Dermis Garcia going to be that guy? Is Diaz going to be that guy? Is Langoliers going to be able to to go through those struggles right now and, and work his way out of that trouble where he's striking out all the time? And is he going to have to go back down and, you know, get a little bit of a mental break? And, you know, these things are going to happen until these guys establish themselves. But I think for the A's, what they're hoping for is that the bottom line, whoever can hit and will find a place to play you. You know, we'll get you in there and you're going to have that spot going forward and, until that day, it's going to be opportunities until you give the reason not to have that opportunity anymore. So 833-625-2278 is the number. Want to jump out to those phone calls because I see a couple people lined up. We're going to start with a man who has been on hold the longest. That is Jonathan leaving the game at the Coliseum. What's going on tonight, Jonathan? Hey, Joe. Uh, I want to give a, a huge thank you to James Caprellian tonight. Uh you know, seven sh- shutout innings, just masterfully done. Uh, you know, big, big hit, big double for uh, Machine. Uh, and then, of course, Kemp, you know, with the insurance run that we definitely needed after Seattle got the homer in the eighth. But uh, that amazing catch that Tony Kemp got as well. This was a complete team effort tonight. And I'm just so thankful because. Uh, I was literally facing elimination. Uh, I was one loss from a, a losing season, and uh, Caprillion saved me tonight. Uh, so, <laughs> a, a huge thank you. Uh, I uh, I also have been looking for a pick me up because I was all set uh, at the beginning of the month to take my first ever trip to Chicago and go to Wrigley Field for the first time, and then uh, guaranteed rate field, but. Uh, my dad, unfortunately, at the two weeks before the trip, uh, lost hearing in one ear and some balance, so we had to cancel the trip uh, two weeks prior. So uh, this, this was, a, in so many ways, a needed win tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the team for pulling together against the tough Mariners team. And uh, I've got a showdown now Friday night with the, with the New York Mets. I'm a... A's and Marlins fan. I've always hated the Mets. Now it's the Mark Hanna, uh, uh, Starling Marte reunion. And I hear Chris Bassett is pitching Friday night to add, to add more insult to injury. So uh, can the A's beat the Mets? That's going to be the million-dollar question now uh, and keep me alive one more night. But 
I'm just very pleased with uh, the effort tonight because they could have, uh, especially after last night, could have easily let down, uh, especially this late in the year. But they're fighting, and I'm I'm really proud of them. Well, uh, Jonathan, I appreciate the call, man. I'm sorry to hear about your dad, and you know I'm glad the A's were able to give you guys a little bit of a pick me up tonight. And you know, Chris, I was talking about this with uh, Ken Korak before you jumped in, and all the talk leading into this series against the Mariners had been about this gauntlet of starting pitching that the A's were going to have to face. You know, you're looking at Castillo, you're looking at Robbie Ray, and then a trio of what the A's are going to be throwing out there and Chris Bassett and Scherzer and DeGrom. And, you know, it's only two games and the A's have a lot more work to do, but at least for the first two games, J.P. Sears and James Caprillion showing that the A's starting pitching can show up and match up against some of the best in the game. You know, maybe not every night, but at least on this night. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Uh, let's not get too, too crazy here. The oh no, come on, James still... Caprillion is going to win the Cy Young. We're saying it right here, right now. <laughs> they're, still, they're fifty-five and ninety-four, but no, I mean, right now it's about young guys learning how to do this. Like like anything, Joe. How long have you been in radio? You had to learn how to do this. I had to learn how to do this. These young guys. That's why I want to play them, and I want them to play every game. They need to go up against Castillo. They need to go up against Ray. They need to go up against Gilbert. They need to go up against Scherzer or Bassett. Learn by playing against the best. And if you get your you-know-what handed to you, fine. It's a learning experience. That's That's why bringing up the young guys mattered and getting rid of older players. Getting the young guys up here to learn. Learn on the job. Learn from these experiences. You can learn from your failures. And it just so happens that you've actually won these two games and you're going for the sweep. And then next thing you know, the Mariners, they are not playing good baseball. Mariners have lost, what, six of eight? A bunch of these games, they've scored one run or fewer. They're not playing good ball. Maybe they are gripping a little bit. They heard everybody say that, well, you've got the easiest schedule the rest of the way. Well, for a team that's got the easiest schedule the rest of the way, they are not taking advantage of it right now. Orioles with the win tonight. If they keep on losing and the Orioles can somehow, you know, send up a prayer and get it answered and keep winning, maybe just maybe this is going to come down closer than you think. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I'm just thinking about those uh, Orioles staying up late to watch these West Coast games and cheering on the A's. You got the O's and the A's, and it's kind of funny to think about an orange and black team cheering for the Oakland A's. It's a little funny to think about that, but it's going to be fun to watch these uh, young guys, like you said, match up, and it's part of that is just seeing how you stack up when you're one of these young guys because if you're a guy like Jordan Diaz who we were talking about, you get those hits against Robbie Ray, that's got to instill a lot of confidence. Hey, I just went up against the reigning Cy Young Award winner. I got a couple hits. I could see that guy. I could hit the best in the game. And, you know, building confidence goes a long way because it gives you confidence when you're ultimately going to struggle. You know, every player struggles at this game. You know, I mean, Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP this year, leading the league in, you know, hits and, you know, batting average, home runs, RBIs, leading the world and everything. I think he had one homer in his first 55 at-bats to start this season. I guess you want to call that a struggle, but everybody, no matter how good you are, are going to struggle, and you've got to have that confidence somewhere to rely on to, you know, keep you going and keep you driving through it. And 
you know, we talked about Shea Langoliers right now. That guy had some success early on. He's got a track record of success in the minors, but to get him through this hump as he's kind of going through that struggle, he's got to rely on his confidence somewhere. James Caprillion, another guy that had to, you know, seemingly has endless confidence the way that you hear him talk after games, but you got to have success somewhere to prove it to you, to make you believe in it. And you know, that's, what's going to happen for these A's and, Really, they don't have they have nothing to lose the way that they're going to be matching up against this Mets team this week. And I know everyone's kind of talking about it is expecting what should happen on paper with the A's going against the Mets. But there's nothing to lose for these A's young hitters going up against some of the best players and the best pitchers that they're going to face all season long. And I see that uh, Soderstrom got his 100th RBI, so. You know, you got to hope that these young players, especially Soda's from Soda, he's a prodigy. I don't know where he's going to play, but he can hit. So just watching growth. That's the key right now is to see growth. I'm with you 100%. So, Jonathan, appreciate the call, man. 833-625-2278 is the phone number. We're going to roll along with the phone calls. We'll hear from the A's skipper, Mark Conte, a little later on. But first, we're going to head back to Greg in slow and see if he's ready to throw Townie under the bus two nights in a row and then beg for tickets for a Friday night firework game. What's going on, Greg? <laughs> Good, Wes. Well, a great setup, Vegas show. How do I compete with that? <laughs> What's going on in slow, Townie man? The bus. Townie's my guy. We had great weather today, man. It's it's not 110 anymore, and uh, it hasn't been raining for a couple of days. So it's it was about 75 today. Beautiful out. Uh, no complaints here. No complaints after an A's win. Yeah, absolutely, man. And what were your uh, takeaways from today's win? I know you've been watching, and we've been talking every night. And, you know, we've been talking about James Caprillion because this is a guy that we've been watching for a while. And, you know, what's your ultimate takeaway for James Caprillion? You know, Tony and I are saying we don't want to read too much into it because it's just one star. But this is a guy who looks like he uh, may have finally had a chance to break through, get that monkey off his back, and hopefully build some kind of consistency as far as how deep he's going into games for the A's. You know, to me, Joe, Cap's Cap's kind of a tricky deal because, you know, when, when you look at the A's up and down, or obviously we're not so much talking about this year, even though it's 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 important to finish strong, kind of going into the next year. You know, Cap's not a young guy, but he's also not an established vet like a Cole Irvin, who you know is going to be in the rotation next year. He's kind of an in between guy where it's like, you know, if you remember last year when Cap struggled down the stretch, the A's put him in the bullpen and he was terrible. I mean, he he was he looked lost down the bullpen, so. I know he got demoted a couple of weeks ago, and then you know with, with Adam Aller getting hurt, they kind of brought him back up. But I think the days of sending Cap back to the bullpen, I, I think it's over. So a start like tonight, and you know d- depending on how many starts he gets here in the last couple of weeks of the season, I think really this is it for Cap. I mean, I, I don't think the A's are going to obviously they're not going to cut him, but I think it's really do or die time for Cap because you, what, you know what more can we do here? He had the, the 35, 36 games in a row where he couldn't get out of the fifth, sixth inning. Um, like I said, he was demoted last year and that didn't work out. You know, this year he struggled and got demoted again. So I really think that like these starts are almost everything for cap coming down the stretch going into next year, because it's kind of like, what do you do with the guy? I mean, he's, he's not young. Um, he's not an established vet because he's just, as we talked about, he's had injuries and, you know, the COVID year as Townie talked about. So it's a really, you know, you know, James Cap is kind of a one a one of one when it comes to the A's and, and kind of going forward. So to have the start like he had tonight, I think this was not only his best start as an Oakland A, I think it was probably his most important. 
Greg, I appreciate that. And, you know, Tony, I did want to ask you something uh, I talked about with Ken Korak there in that talkback segment is, you know, he brought up a good point about the bullpen for Caprillion and, you know, maybe going to that bullpen for a little bit, even though he wasn't used out of the bullpen, gave him a little bit of a breather, gave him a, a, a chance to, you know, get a rest in the middle of the season, which can be a grind because he was able to keep his velocity up throughout the game tonight. And that's something we've seen from Caprillion when he struggled to get deeper into games. You know, he maybe has that high fastball going on early on the game, throwing 94, but you know, later it gets down to 91 and it kind of becomes a little bit like a little Shamanaya-ish when he's struggling that doesn't keep that velocity going throughout the game. And maybe that chance to go to the bullpen and kind of get those uh, those starts off gave him a chance to, to get that strength and be able to keep it to maybe finish strong here for the A's. Maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like, I, you know, once again, he's not a kid. He's right. not a kid. I can't, I can't judge it like that. I can't say, Hey, you know, you know, you're going to have a guy who's one of your top guys. And every so often you're going to have to sit him for a few starts so he can get strong again. That's not how this business works. So it's, it's, yeah, if that's the case, great. But you know, Cap's at a point where he's in his prime. I mean, this has got to be a guy that's got to strive to make. I, I mean, we used to say 30-plus starts. I don't, I don't know what the standard will be now, the way we look at starting pitching. But at least, I mean, I, I still want to think you want to shoot for 30 starts in a season. I just don't know if he's that guy, and I don't know what the plans are. I mean, I mean, are you going to be shocked? How many guys right now on the roster – that are 27 and above are you going to be shocked if they're not here come spring training uh the answer would be zero i mean it's the oakland a's so if uh, everybody was gone from this team it wouldn't shock me but really i mean you're coming into next year i think maybe the only guys you're going to have at least one if they're healthy cole irvin and paul blackburn if they're healthy in that rotation are probably the only thing that you pencil in on the, the starting rotation side of things. And then I think everything else is kind of open after that. And, and you know, for Caprillion, what's this guy's ceiling going to be? You know, if he works it out and can do what he did tonight, that's great. But more likely than not, you're talking about a guy that's probably going to be at best a three starter, right? Maybe more like a four or five. And so how does that fit into your long-term plans when you're trying to figure out about this competitive window, which more likely than not isn't going to open up for two years, you know, before the A's are back in it, three years before the A's kind of reopen that competitive window again. And at that point, you're talking about a 30-year-old James Caprillion. You know, is he part of that long-term picture? Because as you mentioned, he's not one of the young guys. However, because of all of the circumstances and the injuries and the COVID year, you know, developmentally, he is still a young guy because he's missed so much time. Yeah, and that's kind of the really the sad part uh, about about his career. But at this point, you know, what does he want to be? You know, what what do you want to be as a professional athlete? And that's where I've talked about, you know, always getting taken out in the fifth inning. At some point, it's, you know, it's your career, right? I mean, it's your career. What are you going to do with it? And, and it's time for Cap to be if, – if he wants to be that guy and he's had that bravado and he, we've heard it after games before, sharpening the pencil and that kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> he wants to be that guy. And if he wants – I mean, who do you want to be, 
Joe, do you want to be that the two guys after the game, like you and me, are discussing whether you should be in the bullpen or be a starter, or do you want to be a frontline starter? What do you want to be? I mean, well, you look at the guys that you're you look at the guys who. Joe, what do you want to be? If you want to, yeah, but you look at the guys who after the game talk about. Well, it's great that he took a couple games off, and now he's throwing harder. I mean, you want to be that guy, or do you want to be the guy that we can rely on for thirty starts? No, I mean, you want to be the guy that you can rely on, but you look at a couple of the guys in this rotation that eventually got there. I mean, you want an example of that? Look at Paul Blackburn. I mean, this guy was perennially the guy that the A's would call up when they had a doubleheader. They just needed a spot start, but really hadn't been able to break through after his first season, and they got hurt, and, you know, the A's DFA'd him. And so you never know how a guy's going to, you know, find that. And we hear Caprillian say all the right things, and you were talking about the work that he's putting in. He's doing all that, but you're right. At some point, you have to do it, and you have to do it consistently. And I think, really, for Caprillian, that's the next step. We talk about guys being able to take that next leap. It's not going to be a guy that pitches the way Paul Blackburn did at the beginning of the season and look like an all-star. It's going to be just being able to consistently say, hey, you can trust me to go out there and give you six innings, no more than three runs. Every fifth day, I will be out there, and this is the baseline you know, not that he turns into Jacob DeGrom all of a sudden, but if you can go out there and consistently say, this is who I'm going to be, that's where the team can trust you. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned Blackburn. Most starts he's ever had was this year at 21, didn't finish the season. So, I right. mean, the, the jury really is out on everybody except Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin is the one guy I think we can say, all right, he has turned the corner. He has given the team two full seasons. All right. Everybody else is still, and that's why I keep saying, you know, the A's are going to need 10 or more starters next year. So every one of these guys, like Martinez going tomorrow, Cap going today, you know, whether you start looking, you know, you may still may need Logue. You still may need Koenig. You're going to need Waldachuk. You're going to need Sears. You're going to need Blackburn. We're going to need all these guys. Really? You're going to need a lot of, you know, what's up with Ginn? What's up with, you know, you start talking about the guys that have come over in trades. You're going to need a lot of starters the next couple of years. There's no question about it. The more, the merrier. That's, I mean, that's kind of what it's been like. And it's not just when the A's are, you know, rebuilding. That's what it's been like for the last few years. And not just for the A's, just everywhere around baseball. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny because you look across the bay and you see a team like the Giants with $150 million payroll you know, having to go to bullpen, they've gone to bullpen games, I think, like 15 times this year, which is Ooh. crazy for a team with that kind of payroll to have wow. to turn to their bullpen that often to cover innings. Because you're right. I mean, that's kind of the trend around baseball is you're going to need, as you mentioned, 10 starters. And you look at what the A's have coming up through the minor leagues. They've got a lot of arms that are coming up there through that system. And, you know, David Forrest and Billy Bean, these guys have got a track record of being able to find guys Cole Irvin, another example of that. Not really a guy that a lot of people got excited about, but he's definitely a kind of guy that you want in your rotation. And if you were a winning team right now competing, you know, Cole Irvin's probably not leading your staff, but that's the kind of guy that, you know, you may want to acquire. Like in future, in past years when the A's have been really good, Cole Irvin was the kind of like sneaky guy that the A's would have acquired. No one would really talked about it, but he would have been the guy that like pushed the A's from being maybe a wild card team to winning a division because he quietly went on a streak where he'd win like seven games in a row, even though nobody knew who the heck he was coming into that season. So 
We're going to see what the A's can find out. If you want to jump in, 833-625-2278. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend. We're going to hear from the A's skipper, Mark Kotze, on the other side as we roll along and talk about the A's beating the Mariners 2-1, to one, earning back-to-back wins for the first time this month. And Chris and I are going to talk about the A's having a chance to go for the sweep tomorrow afternoon as we roll along on A's Clubhouse. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Ace fans, check out Longport Fish Company, an exciting new chef-driven seafood restaurant located in the Veranda Shopping Center in Concord. Longport features the highest quality lobsters, oysters, king salmon, flavorful chipino, and much, much more. It features a full bar of craft cocktails, local brews, and a curated wine list. Longport Fish Company is for all occasions, too. Date night, business meetings, catching an A's game at the bar, or bringing the whole family. Check us out at longportfc.com on Yelp and on all social media. You and Buddy are enjoying your walk when... Yeah, I smell that too. (laughs) I know, don't blame it on the dog. I hear that hissing too. Maybe it's a cat. No, dude. A sulfur-like odor and hissing can be signs of a natural gas leak. Natural gas lines can be buried anywhere. If you suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911 and Southwest Gas. Thanks, deep voice narrator. You're welcome, dude. You too, Buddy. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. How do you make the most of your land? Shaw does it behind the wheel of a John Deere 1025R compact tractor. And he can do just about anything because... I make the earth take the shape that I want it to take. But the Hubbards use their 1025R because... We really are trying to create this homestead. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Get a one-series tractor for just $124 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you have to drive 300 miles to your cousin's wedding. Okay, so it's his fourth. But you know what they say, fourth time's the charm. (laughs) Well, here's the problem. Your tires are as bald as I am. But lucky for you, eBay Motors has tires for just about every make and model. Plus wheels, lug nuts, jack stands, and more. 122 million parts. Do they have tissues? Oh, good, because I'm definitely a crier. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. If you have a small business, Staples has your sign. Banners for my bakery? Staples has your sign. Oh, posters for my new pet store. Floor decals for a pharmacy. Every day, Staples Associates help every kind of small business create bold signs to make big impressions. And now get $10 off custom signs, banners, and posters when you spend $50 or more. This is your sign, so print it big at Staples. Ends 10-1. Visit staplesconnect.com slash thisisyoursign for details. This is Joe Cordell. 
In other ads, I've talked about the weighty matters that are on the table in divorce, assets, debts, spousal support, and of course, children. But here I want to talk to you about a troublesome issue that arises early and often in the divorce process, but which attorneys, including myself, say too little about, and that's the cost of a divorce. Yet as important as this factor is, it shouldn't overwhelm the more deserving issues that are raised by divorce. But here are just a few things that Cordell & Cordell is doing to help. We have now reduced our initial deposit or retainer. Also, there's no longer a charge for initial consultations for those who retain. And finally, we now provide on the front end a maximum fee pledge for certain modification and support matters. The bottom line is that to be a partner men can count on, we have to think about all their needs. And attorney fees are no exception. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Sacramento area attorneys. 500 Capitol Mall, Suite 2060, Sacramento, California, 95814. Hurry into the energy savings event at Lowe's. Save energy and save money on select major appliances, including Whirlpool Energy Efficient Appliances. You can also save with a smart thermostat. Right now, select Google Nest Learning Thermostats for $60 off. Plus, find other great energy-saving items throughout the store and check your eligibility for rebates in your area to save even more. Don't miss the energy savings event at Lowe's. Selection varies by location. Exclusions apply. Visit Lowe's.com for details. Valid through 928. You and Buddy are enjoying your walk when... <laughs> yeah, I smell that too. <laughs> I know, don't blame it on the dog. I hear that hissing too. Maybe it's a cat. No, dude. A sulfur-like odor and hissing can be signs of a natural gas leak. Natural gas lines can be buried anywhere. If you suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911 and Southwest Gas. Thanks, deep voice narrator. You're welcome, dude. <laughs> you too, buddy. Here's the pitch, and that is swung on, lifted to right. Pinder coming on a long run. He's not going to get there. Kemp going out, gets there, though, and makes a fabulous catch in right field. He came out of nowhere, over the shoulder, lost his hat, sprawling in the grass. Fabulous play by Kemp for out number two. Tony Kemp is everywhere, plain and simple. He finds a way to be a factor. What a great play, and then went sliding on his backside, rolled over and held on. <laughs> this is A's Clubhouse. Welcome back to A's Clubhouse. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend here after the A's 2-1 win over the Mariners. And you heard that highlight of Tony Kemp making that great grab right there. It wound up being big. You know, the inning before Kemp had gotten the A's an insurance run, putting them up with two runs there instead of just the one run. And then he takes that hit away right there, robbing that catch. And that was important because the next guy came up and homered. So instead of the Mariners coming back and deflating the A's by tying the game right after Oakland had finally scored, instead, you know, it wound up just being a solo shot. You shrug it off. It's no big deal. But that's because uh, the Tony Kemp catch was an important part of this game. And Chris, I've got a joke going on with my brother that it seems like every time Tony Kemp leaves his feet, something good happens. And I know it wasn't a diving catch today, but going into that slide, he left his feet as he went in there and fell on his backside. And every time he leaves his feet, something good happens for the Oakland A's. Yeah, he's just been a lot of fun to watch. And down the stretch, I think no matter what happens to him, whether he's going to be here or somewhere else, uh, you know, I, he, he can be valuable. I think, you know, I think for a really good team, he is valuable from a standpoint of you don't need him to carry you offensively. He's never going to put up huge offensive numbers, but yet in a really good long 
lineup. He's going to get pitches. He can swing it. And he can play a lot of different positions for you. Versatility with the amount of relievers we're carrying on rosters. Versatility is really key. And he doesn't kill you defensively anywhere. He helps you in a lot of different positions. So that's when you go, you know, I watch him play and he's a winning player. He's not going to have great numbers. I know he's in like 233 or 234, whatever it is. But, you know, if, if you can bring him onto your team and you don't need him to put up numbers, what you need is his versatility and to help you in, in certain circumstances, he can be a, a player off the bench that could really help you. Yeah, I mean, and the, the way that he helped the A's last year kind of had – seems like every year the A's have kind of a surprise guy that goes and hits like 20 homers, and the way that Tony Kemp was able to put his power on display, it just it, – it's nice. I mean, we're talking about a guy, like you mentioned, you can play all over, you can play him at second, you can play him in the outfield, and he doesn't mind moving around in the middle of a game so you can have kind of those matchups, which are important now in baseball. I know it's, you know, no longer the American League and the National League kind of style, but – it's still important the way that guys are going to match up late in games and being able to kind of move guys around all over to accommodate whatever you need. And you're right, because Tony Kemp, there isn't a team in baseball that couldn't use a guy like Tony Kemp. He just fits in in every situation because you're going to use him not just, you know, like the way that guys used to use traditional guys off the bench that could play here and there, and you might use him every fifth day or so. You can use him every single game and not be starting and playing the whole game on, you know, maybe a good team, but he's going to be out there for half of the game by the time that things get going, especially as we've been talking about with starters not going as deep into games. You're going to mix and match a lot earlier in games and a guy like Tony Camp who can kind of do it all for you. He's just invaluable for a team, uh, any team, really. And we're going to get a chance to take a look at our out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Mechanics Bank. And the Yankees beat up on the Pirates 14-2 to tonight. You'd think with 14 runs for the Yankees that Aaron Judge might have been involved with another homer. But no, he was 2-4, two for four, two runs scored, also had a walk and struck out one time. But no homers for that Aaron Judge uh, home run watch. He remains one shy of Roger Maris and... You know, it's going to be something we're watching every night to see. I, I think I saw coming into today, he was on pace to hit 66 homers. The way that Aaron Judge has just been hitting the cover off the ball, it's something you're going to be watching every night. But a little surprising to see that the Yankees beat up on the Pirates with 14 runs and Judge doesn't have a homer. But I don't know if you saw it on MLB Network today, Townie. Is, uh, he had that one walk and the whole stadium with loud boos that Judge would walk in a game. Yeah, you know, tonight we're, I was just following it uh, on my phone and saw that he had the two doubles. It's just, it's remarkable. It is the greatest offensive season, clean offensive season we've ever seen in baseball. I don't know if it's going to end where he's leading every category, but he now, once he took over batting average, he is leading every major category, whether you're talking old school or new analytics he leads everything it's absolutely incredible i was trying to think about the last time that you had a guy that was worth really kind of breaking in to coverage for i know espn was doing it for a little while mlb network obviously and there's kind of this back and forth with what's going to happen if he carries this over till friday night's game which is going to be an apple tv game so how many people are going to be showing up at a bar hoping to watch the Yankees and see if Aaron Judge 
can, you know, match Roger Maris or break the record that night and find out their bar might not be able to carry the game because it's an Apple TV game. Wait a minute. What? Say that again? Friday night, it it's the Yankees are the, are the Apple TV game. So they're not going to be on TV. They're not going to be on Yes. It's just going to be the Apple TV game. So you might have a chance for Aaron Judge, if he's able to take this to Friday night and doesn't do it before then, that – you know, it's available, it's free, you're going to be able to watch that game on Apple TV or on your phone, but you could potentially have people showing up to their bars expecting to be able to find that game on cable and find out the game's not going to be on. Wow, I did not know that. They got to yeah. do something. They got, I mean, that's not, and that, that you know what, wouldn't that be such baseball? Wouldn't that be <laughs> right. such baseball that, you know, I talked about it today and there's not, I don't know what you could have really done back then, but obviously you knew that the record books, this was wrong. We knew it when we were covering it. We knew it was wrong and we know it's wrong to this day. And that's why Barry Bonds has never been put in the baseball hall of fame. It's why McGuire's not in the hall of fame. It's why Sosa's not in the hall of fame. Do I think they should be in the hall of fame? Yes, but I don't have a vote, but we know it's wrong. And the fact that it's now stuck in these record books, I made the joke today. It's like, you know, the, the, the certain people in baseball who go to the record books and they act like, Moses came down with the Ten Commandments right, and behind yeah. him were the baseball record books and they can never be changed because <laughs> we brought them down the burning record books of baseball. They can never be changed. But now you kind of look back on it and you go, man, what this guy's doing, he's not getting the due. He really should because, you know, we've already seen it. It's not going to change. We're all going to say Bonds did it. And whether it was dirty or not, whether the pitchers were dirty or not at the time, it's just, you know, this should be a huge celebration, and it's not. I mean, I, I laughed. I, I, I talked about earlier today on Ace Cast Live that nationally, if you turn on all the different places where you get sports on cable, whether it's ESPN or it's CBS Sports Network or it's FS1 or whatever, and all their different commentary shows, Jimmy G back being quarterback for the 49ers is getting more attention than this. That's how sad this is that baseball should be like what it was back then. If that never happened with McGuire and Bonds and Sosa, the coverage this would be getting right now would be so overwhelming and awesome for our sport. But now it's not. And then, Joe, you just enlightened us. Oh, yeah, this might be on Apple TV on Friday. <laughs> Think about yeah, I that. Mean, yeah, it's going to be something that I, I've been wondering about because, you know, you and I are maybe in a different generation than some of the younger fans that baseball is trying to get in and, and cater to with things like Apple TV and all that. But I did wonder because of how far removed we are from a 60 home run season. It hasn't happened, you know, in 21 years where a guy's hit 60 or more homers. If maybe that had cleansed the palate a little bit and kind of reset how hard this actually was because anybody who watched baseball in the early 2000s when it seemed like every year you were counting on guys to hit 60, 60 plus homers between McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. And like you were expecting these things to happen that you got to get a, a a recalibration for how hard it is. You know, a guy that you associate with the home run, like Giancarlo Stanton, his teammate, he never cracked 60. I know he's gotten a 59 once, but it just, it feels like there needed to be some kind of 
a way of reestablishing how impressive 60 is. And maybe because of the way that we watched what happened in the early 2000s, it's a little hard to trust again, you know, to fall in love and to believe that it could be real again. Maybe, but maybe for these younger fans that they will actually have an appreciation for something that if you're 20 years old, you've never seen before. You know, if you're a 15-year-old or an 11-year-old and you're just really starting to get into Major League Baseball and, you know, maybe not just your favorite team, but also what's going on around the league, maybe that can be something that really pulls you in and gives you something that, that roots for when you're still young enough to think it's really cool when a guy that plays for a different team than yours is doing something special. But it's going to be kind of tough to, to think about it. And, and it's hard maybe for you and I, guys of a different generation who watched what happened in the early 2000s to see it through those eyes. But that's really what I'm wondering if that's going to work for somebody that's maybe, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old right now, checking the box score to see what Aaron Judge did the night before. I do believe this, that history years and years from now, because, you know, that 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 moment you talked about that you said so well was we expected it now to happen all the time. And what we now know is that was a four year period. It was a simple four year period in the baseball timeline where Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa completely changed the home run record books. It was a four-year period. And we never saw it before, haven't seen it after, until now. And we have to believe that this is clean because he has been tested. Everybody gets tested. And every all the pitchers are getting tested, all the hitters are getting tested. You have to believe it's clean. And, and the testing for... Uh, mentally baseball, it's, it's, it's like Olympic testing. It's very, and Ramon Laureano and guys who have cheated have been caught recently. And I just think years from now, Joe, they're going to look back at our era and we're going to look like buffoons. <laughs> like there were once people who, once people who didn't experience this, and fortunately, you and I may not be on planet Earth at this time anymore, but <laughs> historians are going to look back at this era and go, wait a minute. You had a four-year stretch where these guys all got way bigger in size, and they completely shattered the record books, and it was all just in one four-year period. And you allowed it to happen. You didn't change the record books. You didn't change anything. And you went – you and then and – then, the guys who profited off of it, like the commissioner, you put in the Hall of Fame. Managers, you put in the Hall of Fame. But the guys who actually broke the records, you didn't put in the Hall of Fame. I, Because, I, like, my wife the other day sat on the couch with me as I was watching Astros A's, and she goes, did they ever do anything to the Astros for cheating? I went, no. Mm -hmm. I'm like, the owner got fined $5 million, and uh, the, the GM lost his job. And the manager lost his job, and that was it. She goes, they got to keep their World Series? I went, yep. She goes, why? Well, that's a great question. You know, well, it's just NCAA a piece of metal, the Rob Banford. It was just a piece of metal. Well, the NCAA's pulled national championships. I mean, it's just it's amazing. We've allowed this cheating to go on, and we haven't done anything about it. That's why I wonder, years from now, will historians look at this period and look at stuff like the steroid cheating where they didn't do anything about it, didn't change. You can change the rule books. You can do it. Or not taking away the Astros. I wonder if people look at us as morons. 
It's a fair point. I mean, it, it, it's certainly something that I think is worth, if you're a baseball fan, that it made you more cynical. You know, just not only what the players did, but, you know, how do you trust a media that allowed that to happen without questioning it so much until finally it was so obvious that it needed to be questioned because it was so celebrated. I mean, I've got it over here as a joke that my, my friend gave me, and it's, uh, you know, those like those like kind of fat heads uh, that people had, and it was it's Mark <laughs> yeah. McGuire and Sammy Sosa holding up a record ball, and I got it as a joke gift from a friend of mine who who knew how much disdain I had for it after it happens. I certainly appreciate at the moment what McGuire and Sosa did for helping to bring back baseball, but obviously that came at a cost because as much as it brought ba- people back to baseball following you know the ninety four strike and things like that, it had a huge cost in the way that it, it it eroded trust between fans and what they were seeing. And for a while, you grew up, you knew what the home run records were. I mean, those things, not that records are always set in cement, but it was just, it was like knowing which direction up was. You know, like you knew who Hank Aaron was. You knew what 755 meant. And now everything was more complicated. It wasn't as simple. And it made you have to have context for every way that you talk about it. And I think that there's something to that for why people are so enamored with what Aaron Judge is doing because, hey, this is not like a 5'10 guy that all of a sudden started hitting bombs. We're talking about like a 6'8 superhuman kind of guy. So people, you know, I don't think have any doubt about his strength to hit the home runs. It does seem more pure. And I know you've seen articles about this and people talking about what they will consider the real home run record if Judge were to finish with, say, 66 this season and, you know, pass Roger Maris and kind of go far and, well shy of bonds but I think that's going to be the next conversation is if judge finishes with say 66 home runs what people consider the real home run record sad really sad that come to this yeah and that's not Aaron Judge's fault you know I we can enjoy what Aaron Judge is doing because at least like you said He's tested. He's a big guy. He's hit home runs his entire career. This isn't like a Brady Anderson thing where he's just come out of nowhere. And, and, or anything and by the like way, that. how unfair is it to him? Like, yeah, you know, we had John, we had John Shea on earlier today on Ace Cast Live, and when the Yankees were here, John Shea asked him, and if you hit it, you know, everybody's asking him, if you hit it, will you be the real home run king? I mean, it's not fair to him to ask him that question. He didn't play in that era. And he has to, and he has to go. Uh, Bonds is the home run king. I mean, he has to, he has to, he has to, you know, step aside and say, "Hey, the cheaters are still the best." And whatever I do, I do. And he, you know, I mean, it's not fair for him to have to answer that because they wouldn't take action because they didn't have the stones because they didn't have the foresight. Maybe they just, you know, they didn't want to deal with it. They wanted to wipe it under. They wanted to just get past it. it help if it, it helped put the game back up where they wanted it to be, and they wanted to sweep it under the rug and not deal with it anymore, not knowing that we would probably have this come up again, but then, you know, Bud Selig wouldn't be in charge anymore, and he wouldn't have to deal with it. So it's like now Aaron Judge has to deal with it. It's not fair to him. This kid should be living the dream, like I'm about to break the home run record. I'm setting history, but he's not really setting history because the cheaters got to set the history. And now everybody just wants to, once again, not deal with it by saying the record book is set in stone and it is what it is. It's just more people not wanting to deal with the truth. No one wants to give the opinion. No one 
Council, and they just want to go, Bonds did it, and Bonds, the, the, the single-season home run king. Case closed. That's it. And it's like, okay. And is it good for the sport? Probably not. It would be much better for the sport right now if we were all going, oh, my God, the home run record's about to be set. It'd be much better for the sport right now. Everybody nationally would be breaking into his at-bats. I don't know. Was that happening? I, you know, I'm obviously way into what's going on right now with the A's, but was everybody breaking into his at-bats tonight? Was ES? I know MLB Network was, but was ESPN? Were they on national, other on local local stations doing it? I, I would probably bet not, but if it was truly going to be the home run record, they would. Yeah, no, I think you're right, because I was just going to ask you before we uh, get out of here at the top of the hour is just, does it do anything for you that it's going to be a little bit split because obviously the major league record is Bonds, and then you look at McGuire and Sosa, that's all in the National League, and so I don't know if it's a consolation prize necessarily, but if Judge finishes this out and gets past Roger Maris and hits, winds up hitting 62 or more homers this year, does it do anything that you can separate it a little as the American League record? Does that do anything at all, or is that just you know grasping at straws here at the end of the night? Yeah, I mean, do you sit back and go, oh, it's the American League. I mean, I mean, it's cool to have for him. Congratulations. He seems like a hell of a guy. Happy for him. I mean, to hold the Yankee record is a big deal. To hold the American League record over the other Yankees, like Roger Maris and Babe Ruth, is a big deal. It is a big deal, but it's not what it could be. Sure. And it's not what baseball it's not what baseball could have truly capitalized on. Baseball could have really capitalized on this, but part of what this is doing is bringing up the black eye of the steroid era. It's bringing that back up. Like it's it, it's almost like until all of us dinosaurs are out of here, baseball is <laughs> not going to be able to get past that period. It's always still lingering. It's always still there. Now we get to see it all the time. Every single time the Giants have a celebration, there's Barry Bonds, right? There's it's it's just it's with us. We can't we can't shake it. It's like a bad cold. You just can't get rid of it. And it's sad. It really is sad, but um it's where we are. It really it really is where we are. And it's sad because what this this guy's Aaron Judge is arguably having the greatest offensive year in the history of our beloved sport, and we don't get to celebrate it the correct way, and that's a shame. Well, I, I tell you what will be a consolation prize for Aaron Judge after all this, despite whatever home run totally winds up with. How about heading into free agency with an, an, at least an American League record for home runs coming in off of what is likely to be an MVP season? And betting on yourself, because the Yankees kind of gave him that low ball offer. Now you're going to be heading in as a guy that you're going to have teams like maybe the Giants across the Bay, the Yankees. You're going to have teams that are going to bid on this guy. And I don't know if the bidding's going to start at, what, $325 million? I mean, what are teams going to be willing to pay for a guy like Aaron Judge and the kind of offensive season that he's been able to do? I mean, it's going to cost a pretty penny for any team that's going to try and, you know, at least lure him away from the Yankees, let alone if you're the Yankees and you want to hold on to him. If I had to bet, yeah, he's not leaving New York. Yeah. Yeah. The Yankees now, can't afford to say we're too cheap to I keep him. No, I said New York. I didn't say which team. Ah. Okay. I like what you're uh, thinking over not, there. I, I, 
I do not. I do not think he will leave New York. I know Giants fan. Oh, he grew up a Giants fan. Uh, the guy who owns the Mets is worth $16 billion. <laughs> He's already popped off. He would give so much extra more money to make the Yankees look bad and to sign Aaron Judge after a year like this. The Yankees. Goodness gracious! Gonna, the Yankees <laughs> and the Mets are going to get in this dueling uh, offer that's going to be so crazy that nobody outside of New York will even touch. They won't like like I heard someone tonight here at NBC is like, oh, the Giants have the money, and I just want to look at them and go, you have no idea what you're talking about. The money that's going to get thrown out there for when when Steve Cohen gets involved here in the. Mets say to his to judges representatives, I want to take you from the Yankees. I want to embarrass the Yankees. I want to take the spotlight from the Yankees because that means so much to the Mets to be the king of New York. You have no we have no idea yet what the Mets are going to be willing to offer him. And it's something that would blow the mind of the Giants people. They're not willing to go that deep. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those ultimate bet on yourself kind of stories for Aaron Judge, whatever he winds up getting this offseason, the kind of season that he put in. I mean, you couldn't have picked a better season to do it in if you're Aaron Judge. And, uh, you know, you're happy to see it work out for him because he's a guy that bet on himself and is having a big year. And from everything that we know, because they actually, like you said, they test for this. It's clean. It's something you can watch and celebrate. And, you know, as much as uh, A's fans, myself included, have a hard time rooting for anything with the Yankees. I'll be following Aaron Judge the last few weeks of the season. I want to see him get to 66, and you know, I just want to see how high this guy can go because it's, it has given me a, an, a, an ability to look back and appreciate how hard 60 homers is because it was something that you thought about every year, became kind of too normalized, and then we haven't really had to think about it for 21 years. So it, it, it gave some context to, to how hard it is. So. I think it's something that can really be appreciated. I know we're running up against the top of the hour here as we take a look at what's hey, on hey, deck. Hey, quickly before we get out of here, yeah. just in like the, the last, I don't know, X amount, of, I don't, a week, two weeks, whatever it is, hasn't this whole Otani versus Judge kind of died? Oh, it's been dead. I mean, you haven't heard it. Yeah, it seems like, you know, like all the pro Otani people that were trying to be real loud it just seems like Otani has just gone off into the abyss. And like, no, like even if he has a good night or good, just it's like, and it's like, I kept saying, New York is going to dwarf everything. This guy's doing it in New York. It's going to dwarf everything, especially since night after night, no matter what, no matter whether Otani goes two for four or o oh for four, it's just another loss. And it's just, and it's just, is he having a great season? A historic season, yes. But when you truly look at Judge's season where he leads everything, everything, it's just, it's just now the Otani, the debate is just, it's like it's gone. Now, now I know there's people who are going to hold, hold their ground, but uh, the more this plays out and the less, the less games we have, the, the, their shouting gets a lot lighter each day. I mean, it's incredible what Judge has done. I uh, I don't know if uh, – I didn't watch the Phillies yet. I didn't look and see if Schwarber hit a homer. But, you know, Aaron Judge, 20 more homers than the next closest guy. That's how far away – just to give you more appreciation for 60 and how hard it is, the guy who would be leading 
the National League is 20 homers behind what Aaron Judge is doing this season. So there's no way to look at what Aaron Judge is doing and just not have your jaw drop. There's no, you know, fatal flaw that you can point to. And I know, as you mentioned, Otani and Judge was kind of part of the debate for a while. But getting over Otani, some of that is the narrative. And that's impressive with what we've seen from the A's. So we're going to take a look now at What's on Deck, presented by Ashby Lumber. Ashby Lumber, for all your building and remodeling needs, you can learn more at ashbylumber.com. A's will take on the Mariners tomorrow afternoon, a chance to earn a series sweep, getting back-to-back wins for the first time this month. And, Townie, you're going to have uh, A's total access beginning at 1137 tomorrow. And of Ken Korak leading things off, I believe you got Melissa Lockhart and Bip Roberts. Ken Korak's going to catch up with uh, Tommy Everidge tomorrow ahead of that 12:37 first pitch. A's getting a chance to uh, go for the sweep, and you know that means you got a chance to keep uh, keep that 100 loss season at bay. Another win kind of keeps that that hope a little bit alive as the A's still have to win out and have a winning record down the stretch, but. Hey, you want to build some momentum. Avoiding that 100 loss season can certainly be a goal for the A's, Chris. Not going to sleep. I I might not leave. I'm just going to stay here in the studio. (laughs) Sit here and watch film, watch tape. Just get ready for tomorrow's action. Just break it down. Not even go to sleep. Be ready for tomorrow. So you go to bed. Everybody go to bed. I'm just going to sit here and get ready for tomorrow's action. So if you watch me on TV tonight, I'll be in the same shirt tomorrow, ready to go. The data doesn't There you lie. go. All right. Well, Chris, uh, hopefully even if you're sleeping there, uh, you can get a little bit of sleep. They pull out a cot and you get a little uh, sleep before that. 1137 A's total access. Remember to head to athletics.com slash A's cast. You can find all the great A's interviews in case you missed it. That's where you can get all your great A's content on demand. I'll be back with you after tomorrow's game. Hopefully we're talking about a series sweep. A's get a 2-1 win over the Mariners. It was James Caprillion finally breaking that streak. It had been 34 straight starts before he finally goes seven innings. Did that tonight. Seven innings, two hits, zero runs, one walk, six strikeouts. Building on what J.P. Sears had done the night before, another big hit from Tony Kemp as the A's get the 2-1 win over the Mariners. For Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend, thanks for listening to A's Access. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Great news! Our indoor dining is back, along with our beautiful patio dining. Come taste our world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 83 years. The Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek has one of the most dynamic menus, plus a full bar. Pot pies, gourmet burgers, sandwiches, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget, we still do takeout and delivery. For all the information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. At Boot Barn, we believe that the cowboy boot is an American icon. Today's boots are not only rooted in history, but are enhanced with modern technology features for the working cowboy. 
Ariat boots are built with advanced technology that provides the comfort and support of a high-performance athletic shoe, yet still has the functionality and durability of the iconic cowboy boot. And at Boot Barn, we carry over a quarter of a million pairs of Ariat boots nationwide. Ariat at Boot Barn. I did a site visit and the space is absolutely incredible. Estes Reiki Clinic is opening another studio across town. But there's a lot to wrap up. But we staffing an entire office requires more than just deep breathing. And at least four new practitioners. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Today's throwback thought is brought to you by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Let's take some callers. Tony from Houston. Any throwbacks for us? Yeah, hi. I remember when you could get a whole meal for just six bucks. But now... You still can with KFC's two-piece drum and thigh combo. Crispy chicken, mashed potatoes, a biscuit, and a drink for just six bucks. Is this an ad? Thanks, Tony. Order KFC's two-piece drum and thigh combo on the KFC app for just $6. That's finger looking good. Price of participation may vary. Limited time offer tax extra. Napa. At Napa, when you take care of your ride, we take care of you. That's why a $25 digital gift card can be yours when you buy 10 quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic Motor Oil products at Napa Auto Parts. That's a reward for rewarding your ride and a way to treat yourself after treating your motor. So give your ride the premium motor oil it deserves and get rewarded in return. Napa. Offer ends 10-31-22. Void where prohibited. Terms apply. For complete details, visit Pennzoil.com rewards. Is there a calculator that can't compute in your kitchen drawer? Recycle it at Staples. A shredder that won't shred under your bed? Or a collection of cables cluttering up your closet? Recycle them now at Staples. With Staples Free Tech Take Back, we'll recycle your old tech free. Plus, rewards members get $5 back in rewards. So if you have modems, mice, and mobile phones making a mess of your home, recycle them now at Staples. Limit one reward per month. Exclusions apply. Visit staples.com recycling for details. This has been the A's Clubhouse Show. Murphy, it's a high fly ball, right center. Straw going back deep in the alley. He'll turn and watch it fly. One swing of the bat shoots the A's in front in the bottom of the first. Swung on, hit in the air. Right field, hit well. Back on it is Cabrera at the wall. It's gone. Steven Vogt has hit it out. Steven Vogt has hit it out to tie the game at two. Be sure to visit athletics.com slash A's cast for exclusive content, including pre and post game for every game. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Blew it by him at 95. And Zach Jackson strikes out the side. Thank you for joining this exclusive presentation of A's baseball.